Although the meaning of archive has always been complicated, an image persists. Vast storerooms with rows of bookshelves and boxes brimming with folders. A physical space that stores books, documents, and records of our collective physical and social world. Today, though, archives are grappling with a momentous shift. Much of the communication and content created in recent years only exists digitally. This media transformation poses profound questions about how the form, function, and focus of archives will change, or how this digital term has already affected the kinds of information that get stored, the way we access them, and how we share them. My name is Melina Mo, and I'm the Curator of Literature at Columbia's Rare Book and Manuscript Library. Columbia's archival collections span 4,000 years, from Mesopotamia to the present day. We have ancient papyri, medieval manuscripts, early printed books, works of art like posters and photographs, and even three-dimensional objects like mathematical instruments and theatrical puppets. And while we do have digital archives, our archives mainly hold lots of stuff, physical objects you can see and touch in our reading rooms. But as we enter a new digital era, libraries and national archives are facing big questions about preserving the enormous amount of digital content created all the time. How will it be organized and accessed? What does ownership and copyright look like? Between social media, emails, and online transactions, most of us consume our news and information online. We have also become content creators, leaving digital traces that can last for years. As everyone from private citizens to presidential candidates has found out, the digital is not always ephemeral. In 2014, the European Union gave its citizens the right to be forgotten or have their personal data erased from organizations. But when a digital footprint crosses international borders, which laws will apply? If this all sounds a bit abstract, here is one example of how complicated preserving our digital landscape has become. Back in 2010, the Library of Congress announced it would archive every public tweet ever tweeted. That was ambitious, a little too ambitious. Now the library has announced it's going to tone its project down. Starting with the new year, the Library of Congress will be more selective about the tweets it archives. It's not yet clear what the selection process entails, but it's safe to say the new collection will be much smaller and easier to manage. By 2013, the Library of Congress said they were already amassing roughly half a billion tweets each day. They also announced that the Twitter collection will remain closed to the public until, to quote the Library of Congress, access issues can be resolved in a cost-effective and sustainable manner. The issue of scale is likely only the beginning of this story. Since the pandemic, digital communication has only become more central to our lives. From the professional archivist to the dedicated social media user, issues concerning data, privacy, and preservation lurk below the surface of all of our digital interactions. To tackle these types of questions, I sat down with some of my library colleagues to see what kinds of hopes, concerns, and fears they have for the present and future of archives in digital spaces. Here's what they had to say. 
whether it's text messages, whether it's emails, whether it's your tweets or your Instagram or Facebook posts, everyone is creating so much that it's almost impossible to manage that volume of material in a way that's selective to see what truly rises to the top as important. Today, you can sort of imagine a, a significant library collection, digital collection, to be stored on your phone. I would rather have, you know, like a billion small library of congresses, right? Like that, that feels actually robust than one centralized place. Physical archival materials can only be used so many times before use destroys them. And archives have really historically used to justify having super restrictive and exclusionary access policies. And that means that the majority of potential users for archives don't get to come in the door. But digital files aren't really subject to those same limitations. Even look at the archives, right? What we have enshrined here as saying these things are important to human knowledge, to human history in some way, we're talking about the most elite people. They were the people who could read, they were the people who could write, they were the people who in you know the 15th century could get the materials to do that. The internet is democracy. Truly knowledge and expression is democratized by uh, the internet itself, social media tools, platforms that let you publish your own book even. The means of documentation and communicating have been democratized by things like Facebook and Twitter. At the same time, they're ceding all the information to these giant corporations that do not have the user's best interests at heart. And they certainly don't think about libraries and archives and long-term preservation. They are all about the bottom line and training the AI to make more money. After talking to my colleagues, I ended up with more questions than answers. So I contacted scholars outside of Columbia with expertise about the evolving role of archives in the digital age. In one episode, we talk about what happens to an author's archive when their correspondent sits in an editor's inbox right next to HR memos. It's hard to imagine all those digital files being sorted out so that the literary ones can be made available for research. And libraries are nearly always hampered by limited resources, with digitization now one more competing demand, which asks libraries to balance the needs of local users visiting in person and digitizing items for a broader audience. The possible global reach was only underscored during the pandemic when schools closed and students turned to online collections. We talk about some of the legal ramifications in another episode. These discussions became season two of Overdue Conversations, a podcast about the ways archives inform our discussions of history, literature, and politics. From digital publishing to reparative justice, climate change to public health, this series of Overdue Conversations takes archival documents out of the stacks and into the public forum to consider how collecting practices, selective reading, and erasure of past knowledge inform and distort contemporary debates. In this season, we investigate how the digital revolution in archives informs these challenges.